This episode of Innovations in Education is brought to you by Adobe Sign. Adobe Sign helps schools go paperless, which revolutionizes the business of running an institution. Use Adobe Sign to create seamless workflows that are simple for staff and students to complete and can save your school both time and money, reduce errors, increase security and compliance, and foster operational resiliency. From HR, finance, and procurement forms to student-facing forms like IEPs and device consent forms, paperless workflows powered by Adobe Sign create digital experiences in schools that make life a little easier for the entire campus community. Okay, hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the first 2022 episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On today's show, we're going to do our best and look forward to the upcoming year and not look back on the past year that was, frankly, unpleasant to say the least, although things aren't exactly peachy at the moment either. Uh, Just this week, four large school city systems, Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee, and Newark, uh, have joined a growing list of public schools around the country that have postponed reopening after the holiday break switched to remote instruction or have taken both steps because of COVID-19 outbreaks and and staffing shortages. So those stopgap methods that were thrust into place almost two years ago are still being employed. And now here's my desperate attempt at being glass half full, may end up improving schools in the long term. At least that's what I gleaned from a couple of recent stories posted up on eSchool News. The first involves some hopes from the folks at NWEA, a research-based not-for-profit organization that supports students and educators worldwide by creating assessment solutions that precisely measure growth and proficiency. Uh, And that provides insights to help tailor instruction. Here are the seven highlights that are put together by the folks there. Number one, back to school will not mean back to normal. Number two, grade level grouping by age may become outdated. Number three, Widespread COVID academic redshirting is fueling what is called a kindergarten bubble. Number four, remote learning has bolstered digital literacy among educators. Teachers will continue to use digital tools to enhance in-person instruction as students return to in-person. Number five, timely research on impacts of COVID on student learning is a top priority going forward. Number six, An evolution of grading systems is important in order to support more flexibility when it comes to looking at student achievement. And number seven, accountability and assessment should and will be reimagined and realigned to be more relevant to teaching and learning. A number of insights there that I think will show, again, maybe we come out of this better than where we were before the pandemic. Another story posted this week that looks optimistically towards the future was eSchool's annual survey of EdTech leaders and their predictions for 2022. This year, they were able to collect more than 60, with a a number that are especially poignant, I think, for, for this year, considering the circumstances. Here are a couple that stuck out to me. The first came from Russ Davis. He's the CEO and founder of School Status. He writes, COVID caused an uptick in parent engagement and that this will be the new norm. 
Educators are feeling the change in parent-school relationships everywhere. It's an unexpected side effect of the COVID-19 pandemic. We saw that communication between parents and educators soared during and after the shutdown. As students begin to settle back into an in-person routine, we must not lose that momentum caused by the groundswell and engagement. Now is the time for schools to establish new communication processes, frequency and consistencies, while parents are still very comfortable with increased engagement and information. As such, over the next year, we will see this momentum continue as more schools realize the benefits of more meaningful communication between school and home and implement solutions to enable this. Another from Miles Hunter, who's the co-founder and CEO of TutorMe. He writes, as schools and districts focus on closing learning gaps after more than a full school year of virtual and hybrid learning, I predict that resources that help teachers provide differentiated learning will be in high demand. Many schools are using part of the funds from the America Rescue Plan Act for one-on-one or small group tutoring, which is seen by experts as one of the most effective ways to address learning recovery. Our team is hearing from parents and school leaders that students need more individual support than they can get in a classroom setting. Tutors can almost act as virtual teaching assistants, helping students grasp even the most nuanced concepts of a lesson without requiring time and energy that classroom teachers simply don't have. Looking forward to 2022, I believe that any tool students can use anywhere and any time to receive quality personalized instruction will be invaluable. A third is from Keith Look, who is the VP of Equity and Innovation at K-12 at Territorium. He writes, technology will be tailored to support through course assessment. Rather than an end of year single high stakes test, Conversations are picking up around scaffolding the high-stake testing model, where students take pieces of the exam as they progress. And those exams, as the learner progresses, will include questions from previous assessments to ensure that information is being retained. Technology will be better equipped to evaluate threads across time, as well as single point-in-time measures. Three great points there, and there are a bunch more. And I had the chance to go deeper into these predictions with Laura Asione. She's the editorial director for eSchool News about these predictions this year. Have a listen. Okay, Laura, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Great to hear you after the holidays and getting back into the, uh, the swing of things here. Wanted to talk a little bit about the, the annual survey that eSchool News does in regards to predictions for the upcoming upcoming school year. The 2022 survey had a ton of responses and a lot of different varied responses. Talk a little bit about how you put that together. I mean, this is an annual thing, right? Yes. Yeah, it's annual. Um, And the process, it gets a little easier each year we do it because more people come to expect that we are doing it. Usually in the fall, I will start putting feelers out there and telling a lot of the various PR and communications experts I work with, a lot of the regular educator contributors who contribute to us that we're putting together these predictions and that we would really welcome their thoughts on anything that they think will be a trend for the upcoming school year, anything that they see continuing predictions that they might have, things that they think will become more or less relevant 
we really welcome it all because I love to get that 360 degree view of, of what experts, both educator experts and those in the vendor arena, what they see as, as being most important for our students, our teachers, our administrators, our education leaders in the coming year. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you know, some of these insights and some of these predictions over the course of this past year are, are probably different than in, in years past, right? Oh, talk, yeah. Yes. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we, and I think we all kind of expected a lot of the predictions to remain a bit different as we head into yet another year of pandemic learning, of COVID learning, um, especially now. And, and a lot of these predictions came in before the Omicron variant became rampant. Um, so I, so some of that pandemic learning, I think will be extended a bit. One of the biggest predictions I have seen grow is, is that around supporting students emotionally, the social yeah. emotional learning SEL that has by far been one of the most prominent themes of this year's prediction. And I do have to say, I, I love how we have covered SEL kind of from from its from a little bit before it started to become popular because it is a very popular thing to kind of keep on your radar now that is one of the biggest constants this year supporting students emotionally i also think it's equally important to look at um, supporting teachers and teacher stress um, helping teachers manage the incredible workloads and and workloads that include not just the instructional components but also giving students the emotional support that they need as they go back into the classroom with added stress with whatever they may or may not have been through during the pandemic. So I think teacher stress and and learning how to support teachers is also a a really critical theme going forward this year. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I mean, it really does seem where before pandemic, the idea of social emotional learning was maybe a a nice to have. It was like kind of maybe like a luxury, but it wasn't front and center as it is now. And you're also right that it's not just the students that need support, right? I mean, it's the parents. I mean, that was one of the ones that stuck out to me was the parent engagement is is now something completely different than it used to be, Uh, as well as, as you said, that support for teachers through not only emotional support, but just different ways to now offer professional development, right? I mean, there are a lot of lessons being learned through all this. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I think looking at that parent-school connection and strengthening that is, is important as well. And um, it's easy to, I don't want to say it's easy to overlook that, but if you are, like I have, you know, I, I worked from home before COVID, you know, so it's been easy for me personally to you know, maintain my work schedule and also help my children if they need it. They're also a bit older. Um, So I think looking at how schools and teachers can engage with parents who do have busy work schedules or may be a little busier if their student has special needs and they're at home again or on a hybrid schedule in quarantine, whatever that may be. Um, I think that when parents, and I'm speaking from a personal perspective and, and from a you know, just overall perspective, when a parent feels, parent or a a caregiver feels connected and supported by their school, it's just so much easier. And I feel that the students really, really benefit from that stronger um, connection. 
Yeah, and it's 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 almost a back-ended way to bring the technology. Uh, the, the technology brings people closer in a, in, a, in a weird, inverse way, right? I mean, the endless Zoom calls, while we all are fatigued by them, it also enables these connections that, say, ten years when we didn't have the bandwidth and we didn't have the sophisticated software, we would have really been in, in tough straits during a pandemic. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and it's been kind of incredible to to witness and to watch. Um, I know that our my kids' school district was not a one to one district before COVID, and you know our district, like most districts, really turned things around and ramped it up and and got it done. There is a lot now. There are so many digital tools, so many online resources, and ways for not just the kids to learn online and digitally, but for me to communicate with my children's teachers and for me to check up on their progress and, you know, what do my kids need? What don't they need? Where does it look like they are struggling a bit? How can I contact this teacher or that teacher? The, the communication has become a lot easier and it's much, it's much easier to connect directly with an educator or an administrator in a school. And I think that's been really valuable for a lot of people. And hopefully these systems and practices stay in place whenever we go back to whatever normal is, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I would hope so. It's, you know, it's been kind of refreshing to, it, it almost feels like everybody takes each other a little bit more seriously. And it's just, just having that ease of connection. It, it also kind of puts you at ease, you know, it's not quite as intimidating thinking, oh, I need to contact this guidance counselor or this assistant assistant principal, or I need to ask a teacher about X, Y, and Z, just the, the way that the back and forth communication has increased with parents and caregivers. And then with the school, it, it makes, it makes for a more, it's a lot easier, I think, for people to communicate and establish those relationships and that just the benefits just trickle down to the kids. Yeah, I agree. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time and for your insights and for putting this pretty mammoth piece together. I think there um, just a lot of valuable bits in there that, that we can all take and use going forward. So, so thanks for that. And looking forward to seeing you hopefully in person sometime this year. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, and yeah, no, I look forward to this piece every year. Um, so if, if there's anyone out there who hasn't read it yet, definitely read through it because there's just so much valuable insight. It's, it's something that I refer back to throughout the year. Good stuff. Well, Laura, thanks again. Thanks. Finally, I wanted to point out a recent conversation I had that complements Laura's insights on the use of video to enhance engagement of not only students, but also parents and even educators themselves when it comes to professional development. I hosted a recent webinar where I spoke with Henry Mann, Director of Product for Screencastify, on that point. You can find it through the webinar tab under the title how sharing unlocks the true power of your teachers and students' video creations. Here's a snippet. Yeah, it seems that um, you know the synchronous aspects uh, of video during the pandemic really took center stage. But as you talk about that, Doctor, the asynchronous uh, benefits. I mean, again, we just we just told the audience at the beginning of this, this webinar, like, don't worry if you miss something. We're going to be sending it to you you later. Henry, can you talk a little bit about uh, where you see that synchronous versus asynchronous when it comes to video creation? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, first of all, whoever would have guessed it, we would have been intimately familiar with what those words meant. Uh, that certainly has been a learning journey uh, for all of us. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, asynchronous or just be watching a video when it's not uh, happening live, right? I, I think is incredibly important. To me, live video is basically a worse substitute for having your teacher actually in front of you in a classroom where you can, you know, really interact with them. Uh, so it's it's sort of just like a stopgap measure to try and create a classroom experience online. That is different than asynchronous video, right? Um, asynchronous video, I think, has a lot of benefits for students um, and lowers a lot of barriers that students have faced in learning in traditional environments. For example, if I am bored with part of a lecture, right? If it's going too slowly, I can press the speed up button. I can increase the speed. More importantly, if I need to slow it down or I need to rewatch something, I can do that. You can't rewind your teacher in a live class. You can't rewind your teacher on, on a live, you know, online class either. That's what, that's what asynchronous video really provides for. So I personally am just deeply excited about the possibilities of lowering barriers for students who aren't able to learn in traditional context, but, or as well, um, but really can use video as a way to lower those barriers. The last thing I just want to say speak uh, quickly to speak to the family question. I have a kindergartner this year. This is my first time actually, you know, experiencing school as a parent. And, uh, you know, it's been so fascinating to watch the role of video. I haven't been able to spend any time in her classroom because of COVID. But thanks to videos produced by our, our teacher, I now see what the class is like. I see what day-to-day -day routines are like. I get a picture of what's going on that I probably wouldn't have even gotten if I could have visited the classroom occasionally, right? And so it's really been quite interesting to see the power of asynchronous video as a parent as well. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Eschool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Adobe Sign. Adobe Sign helps schools go paperless, which revolutionizes the business of running an institution. Use Adobe Sign to create seamless workflows that are simple for staff and students to complete and can save your school both time and money. Reduce errors, increase security and compliance, and foster operational resiliency. Be sure to tap into the four-part series, Back Office Innovations in K-12, on the webinar tab at eschoolnews.com where we discuss how to build efficiencies and data security and compliance through forms process automation.